Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, David Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, this is your pilot speaking. Uh, we're taking off soon from CRW and arriving in Pittsburgh in about an hour and a half. You need about four more uhs in there to be an accurate pilot. Shit. To, to simulate real pilot dialogue. <laughs> and Mike? Uh, I don't know how to fly. <laughs> and as you can clearly see by our horrible jokes... We've been playing, or rather, Connor has been playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, which seems to be uh, kind of sleeper hit, I kind of want to say. I don't even, I wouldn't say that. I, I mean, I, I am actually flying, uh, CRW is uh, Chuck Yeager Airport in Charleston, and I am just a flight that I've like, I think I've even done it before, is Yeager to Pittsburgh, and I just kind of, you know, figured I would see what Charleston looked like since I'm familiar with the town. And, like, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not a video game. Like, no, it's, it's in Game Pass, so I bet a lot, of, like, a lot of people are going to check it out because it's in Game Pass. But, like, I'm not having fun. It's just neat. Yeah, I guess, like, I don't know. I feel like, it could could it actually be used to, like, train pilots or, for pilots? I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I, like I 100% a realistic flight simulator. I'm pretty sure Microsoft Flight Simulator is used to train pilots. Like, I think that's its core purpose. Yeah. And I, but like, yeah, I mean, like, you can interact with all the buttons in the cockpit. Um, I had to turn off some of the, like, realism settings. Like, the first few times I tried to take off, I, uh, I just hit too many Gs because I don't know, like how to fly a plane <laughs> and uh it, it made me restart a few times and i was like well this is like i, I want to figure that out i think can you actually crash uh to my knowledge no like the screen just faded to black when i uh hit too many g's it didn't That's like probably tear for my, the best like, that it didn't part, like yeah. you know render in shocking detail the horrors of a plane crash it took me a very long time to find like I don't think it's actually called autopilot in real life. I think it's just really? it it says here it's a it's a little button that says level mode and I hit it and my plane even dealt. And so I didn't have to like constantly nudge the uh the yoke anymore. But so if we're ever on a plane that's going down and uh I'm on there with you, I'll I'll uh, I'll turn to you for guidance. Of the people know. that I know, I feel like I am the most capable of flying a plane. I remember when I was in elementary school uh, we went to this thing called Starbase, and uh, they they hooked us all up to actual professional grade flight simulators. Oh, I remember Starbase, or was it Space Camp, something like that? Yeah, I thought it was called Starbase or Star Lab or something. Anyway, we were told not to land the plane, but I did it anyway and successfully without crashing. Well, because I had spent hundreds of hours in Microsoft Flight Simulator '98 as a kid. Yeah, and just going from like the the '98 game to this game, like. From the screenshots I've seen, like it's like pretty much photorealistic. Like yeah, it, but it the, plays the exact same. <laughs> I mean, it, it at, at a certain point, if you're striving for realism, like you can't exactly innovate the gameplay, right? It's just that's how you fly fly a plane, you know? Yeah, the only thing really different about this one to me is like I'm using an X. I, well, I'm using a Steam controller, but you know, you can use an Xbox controller. And you like, like use an actual like cockpit. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you can have a ho- uh, hands on the actual system if you want to, but I don't have that. Well, I have a joystick somewhere, but, like, 
even obviously there are not enough buttons on an Xbox controller, so I am having to like occasionally grab my mouse and like click on stuff in the cockpit. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't I know, did like, not play the tutorial because I thought it would be funny or not to. Oh yes, for sure. I feel like that'd be such a fun game to to stream, at least while you're still figuring things out. Once yeah. you have it figured out, it's kind of boring. You're just yeah, exactly. In a plane. Once you and have like, it figured you, out, you mentioned you before the show pilot. that uh, like the distances seem like accurate, and like the time to travel seems accurate. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I've I've been in this plane for a long time now. And I, uh, I'm in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. Actually, I might have crossed into Pennsylvania. I really can't tell. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's interesting that this exists, I think. And I, it's definitely not something I normally play. But again, it being on Game Pass, I feel like a lot more people will play it because of that. Yeah, I mean, it's on Xbox, isn't it? Like, it's out on PC now, but it's coming to Xbox later. It's, I don't think it's going to make the, or actually, I think it'll be like a Series X like launch game, I think. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I figured, because I can't imagine this. This is running terribly on my PC, and I can't you imagine... You have a good PC, run. right? Yeah, I have a pretty beefy PC. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it'll definitely be, like, pared down on Series X. Like, it has to be. Like, like, I have it on medium settings, 1440p, and I'm getting, like, occasionally 30 frames per second. Yeah, like, I, like... All, like with all the bells and whistles turned on, this is probably the most impressive video game ever made so far, like visually, uh, graphically, like just because like it's shocking how realistic everything looks. Yeah, it, it's it doesn't look good. Like, I mean, it, it looks good. It doesn't look better than other games. What's so impressive about it is that there are no tricks to it. You know, they're not putting you in a corridor and making stuff look good. They're not doing any geometry tricks or anything. It's just rendering the world as it is yeah and it's like satellite imagery so all these mountains i'm flying over are real yeah and you mentioned like uh before the show you mentioned like a couple inaccuracies like the capitol building in charleston wasn't exact but no it it looked like an office building kind of because they're using an ai to like unless they're satellite imagery of the buildings then they have to use an ai and they have like height maps and stuff so like the heights of the buildings are accurate and it's all 3d but um they replaced the capital with like a weird office building type thing which is really weird because the office building is the height of the point at the top of the capital and like that's like awkwardly tall next to all the other buildings in that area in charleston yeah yeah i don't know like Part of me thinks, like, I, I've read that, like, a lot of people who are, you know, flying this out of their home cities and they live in places like L.A. or New York, they're saying, like, everything's 100% accurate. But, like, obviously, like, Charleston yeah, they is have not really a metropolitan area. So, yeah, yeah I feel like, yeah, more detail was obviously paid to, like, big hubs like that. That's why I wanted to take a flight to Pittsburgh because I was like, you know, I can see a good bit of West Virginia here, but then also go to a city I've been to and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Mike, what do you think? This seems like kind of something that may be up your wheelhouse. It Granted, really is. Space. I haven't played it yet because uh, I need to buy another hard drive for this game alone. Yeah, and, and I would recommend Ooh, an SSD because, good God, are these load times long. Yeah, I'd have to buy an entire SSD, and then I'd have to buy the whole setup for it because if I'm buying a flight sim, I'm going ham. Yeah. yeah. 
obviously. And it's not like you won't get use out of it, because you could use the same setup for uh, Elite Dangerous and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd use the crap out of it, honestly. Always yeah, been I a flight like, sim boy. If there's a video on YouTube or something of like actual pilots reacting to this game, like I feel like that would be neat to see. But I don't know, like as a pure simulator for me, like I think it'd be cool to try out once or twice, but like without actual gameplay beyond just you know being a hundred percent slavish simulator, like I don't think it would it would hold my interest for long. No, I absolutely wouldn't have paid for this. I just happened to have Game Pass, and so I downloaded it while I was at work today. And yeah. And it's getting stellar reviews, by the way. It's like a 90-plus on Metacritic, which is yeah, I mean, anybody one of the best-rated games of the year. Yeah, anybody who cares about Flight Sims is going to be in love with this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't even looked at, like, other planes you can fly. I'm just flying, I believe, the default Cessna. I don't yeah. even know enough about planes to tell you when I'm sitting in the cockpit right now. And yet you're flying it. Yeah, well, I mean, the Cessna, I think, is what I always flew in 98. So, like, and I've played a lot of Kerbal Space Program, which, like, is plenty to get you off the ground. Landing is the hard part, and I have not gotten there yet. <laughs> well, good luck. It's <laughs> <laughs> not luck. something you want to hear your pilot say. I don't know how to land this. Uh-oh. I know how to put the landing gear out, and I figured out how to slow down earlier. So, I don't know. Those are the two main parts. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Luckily, you know, like, they have the the mercy of not, of just fading to black, right, if you mess up. So it's not going to yeah. show you horrifically, like, crashing your plane and grinding along the run- runway. I don't think there are save states, though, which means if I crash, I will have to start <laughs> over from Charleston. <laughs> That's I awesome. can't wait to see the speedruns in this game. The speedrun? Like, how is yeah, that... Dang. No, that that was a joke. There's no way okay. there's going to be speedruns in Microsoft Flight Simulator. What, what's, like, the longest flight in the world? Is it uh, Sydney to to L.A. or something like that? I don't know. Like, the, I think, yeah, I think it's, like, Australia to to some some city in the western, on the west coast of the U.S. is, like, the longest continuous flight you can take. So the longest I I've been on was, like, six and a half hours, I think. Maybe eight hours, I forget, from... Yeah. Uh, from New York, JFK to London. And you know there are going to be like people who actually make those flights in this game, which is just oh, oh yeah, wild. No, I uh, I see a lot of game developers on Twitter who are like, you know, we didn't get to do all our travel this year because of COVID, and they're like excited to do some flying and <laughs> flights. I mean, usually uh, with travel, the exciting part is when you get there, not the the plane. Typically, but. yeah. No, I think Rami on a plane. I, I I'm not gonna. I think it's Rami Ishmael, but I don't want to butcher his last name because I have a ton of respect for him. But I've never actually heard his name pronounced. But I follow him on Twitter. He was uh, streaming it the other day, and he locked himself out of his apartment with his plane just flying straight. Wait, what? He he got his plane straight, and he was streaming it. And uh, he went outside to like get his mail or something, and he locked himself out, and the plane was just flying out. <laughs> On on a live stream, and he could not change his direction or anything because he was locked outside of his apartment. Oh my god! It's and that was over an hour. It was a it was a pretty funny thing to read on Twitter. So speaking of Microsoft, just to sort of continue on that thread, did you guys see that? Uh, obviously, we all know that the Series S is likely a thing, right? But it's sort of been leaked. That did they, uh, did they leak what it actually looks like? They haven't leaked what it looks like, 
but like I think it was like on a like a store website or something. Their listing got updated for like a Series S stuff in addition to Series X, and like this is no surprise, right? Like we all know it's coming. We yeah. didn't know for sure it'd be called a Series S, but the rumor of Microsoft having two consoles has been around for like I want to say like over a year now. Also, they're not hiding it. Like there's a One S and a One X. Those are like the main Xbox One models. Yeah, so I think they're they're keeping this like S and X naming system going forward s being like the the entry level and the x being like the the fancy one right yeah i think which one do you think uh x cloud or i guess game pass ultimate is what it's going to be known as in the future what do you think that's do you think that's going to be the s or the x or do you think there'll be tiers uh i i could see there being tiers but i think i think like you know i think the default version will be series s that makes more sense to me right like that'd yeah, be more that's how it is right now. Like if you have xCloud, it's currently uh, Xbox One S. Yeah. And uh, some some details on like the specs of the Series S shortly came out after this leak. So it's I think three point nine seven teraflops of power or something. So roughly four teraflops of power. Wow, which, that's a third. Well, you know it? that's to be expected, right? It it it's supposed to be like a strictly digital like pared down version of the series x i know but i just can't imagine being the game developer like i I can't imagine it i mean i make pc games but it sucks to be the developer who has to make something to target uh, you know almost 13 and almost four teraflops like that's not that's such a massive difference yeah that's a pretty big disparity and you know like that's microsoft's been getting a lot of flack for that like on twitter and stuff but like people saying like how are you going to account for this difference like will this hold back next gen games and like they've been responding with things like hey like the series s xbox still has like a better cpu than a ps5 so like and it'll still yeah not a better graphics card like that you know that that's not what we're talking about right but yeah graphically it, it is a little lacking but like i don't know i kind of expected that to be the case i think if I think the Series S is strictly targeted at the casual market, right? And the casual market really doesn't, you know, care at all about teraflops and all that that we're we're like discussing at length here. That's true. But yeah, I think uh, so. I'm just thinking here. Uh, what do we know? What the specs of the Xbox One X are? Because they also, uh, I think they're discontinuing the One X and sort of just replacing it with Series S. Uh, I don't know them. So Xbox One X, I believe it was roughly four teraflops as well of GPU power, but I can't say for sure. I have to check on that. But so um, that's about to get very affordable. Yeah. So like. So th- th- this brings up the interesting question of price again, right? Like, what yeah. are these machines going to cost? Like, I think, so we have four consoles now, essentially. PS5, PS5 Digital Edition, Xbox Series S, S- Xbox Series X. Yeah, and but I- di- differentiating the PS5 Digital and not, like, that barely exactly. matters. Like, that's yeah. not going to be a gonna be like a fifth, than- that. I think that's going to be a fifty to one hundred dollar difference for sure. Yeah. But I, I do think that's worth like in the grand the grand scheme of things. Like when consumers look at these prices, I think even that distinction matters, which is why I made it. See, I don't think it's gonna. I think it matters now. I think two years from now, we're not gonna have. I think they're they're gonna phase out the disc drive. I, I, I think that's I the whole intention. 
Yeah, I could see that. Okay, so, wow. Okay, I, I just looked it up. Xbox One X actually has six teraflops of GPU power, so it's weaker than Xbox One X. That's actually really weird. Yeah, that is strange to me. So, like, Although, okay, let's take a step back, because we're not acknowledging this just yet. Teraflops. Yeah, that's are, a theoretical limit. Yeah, that's, it's an easy way of measuring something. That's measuring how many things you can do, but not... And this is about to get very abstract, but the quality of what you can do with those, like, because I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure my video card that I upgraded to had a very similar number of teraflops to my old video card. I upgraded from, like, a 7970 to a 1070, which are two different brands, but, like, I don't think there was a massive difference in teraflops there. The difference was, like, RAM and architecture. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, like, the enthusiasts are honing in on this word, teraflops, right? But in in truth, there's a lot that goes into making your machine. And so you know, it's almost ironic machine. that it's the enthusiasts that care. It, there's, like, a weird bell curve to it where, like, you know, the average person isn't going to care a ton about teraflops. Then the, the eccentric gamer is going to care a lot about teraflops. And then the person who actually knows what they're talking about might care considerably right. less about teraflops. Right. Exactly and unfortunately, so. as much as I'd love to be that person, I am not an experienced enough high-end game developer to tell you anything about a teraflop. Yeah, and people a lot smarter than us, like Mark Cerny, for example, are constantly telling us that teraflops don't really equate to this is definitively how powerful this is, right? Like there's so right. many other factors that go into it. But just thinking strictly from a price perspective, right, I think, like, we can, like, (laughs) this is a strange question, but, like, how much in dollars does one teraflop equate to for you? (laughs) Like, because I'm just trying to suss out the prices of these See, that's a nonsense question to me. I I can't answer that. Like, like, the reason I posed a question like that is that, okay, let's say Series S, Xbox Series S is $300. Right. And the Xbox Series X is roughly four times as powerful, right? No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Three times as powerful, right? So it's a 12 teraflop machine. I think it'll be like, will it be three? Will the Series X be three times as expensive as the Series S? I could see it being seven or eight hundred dollars at launch. Yeah, the the closer because they have an alternative inevitable the closest we get to the inevitable price announcement the more and more i feel that these things are going to be way more expensive than anyone like possibly thought of like yeah like you said six seven eight hundred dollars that doesn't seem ridiculous to me anymore like i think that's partially why that sony and microsoft are straight up just afraid to announce the price because a they know like one will just undercut the other and b like these they're thinking that these boxes are going to be so highly priced that they're going to get lambasted by the fans just you know that's what i think what do you guys think i mean i i don't know it's so complicated like yeah i mean i think we've been conditioned at least i i say we a lot i know you guys are more pc centric than console but as a console primarily a console gamer i feel like us console gamers have been conditioned to expect like Anywhere from three to five hundred dollars, and anything above that is just ludicrous. But I think you know the enthusiast tech market is a very different place today than it was even in 2013, right? 2013, like four hundred dollars for a PS4, five hundred dollars for an Xbox. Like 
I we're paying like one thousand plus dollars for phones now. Uh, so I and obviously you get a lot more utility out of the phone, but I feel like we've sort of been conditioned to fork over more money for fancy tech. Yeah, I I agree. I think people are more willing, just in general. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's such a fascinating point of discussion, and I'm so interested to see what these prices are. But like, neither of them are budging, which is just kind of comedic. It's, it's insane because these things are going to be out in you know a few months. Yeah, it's August. It's like the middle of August, which is just yeah. crazy. We had the price for the previous consoles at like E3. So. Heads up Anyways. for those curious, I did just now arrive in Pittsburgh. Did you land? Uh, no, I overshot the airport because I wasn't paying attention. I was doing uh, the podcast. Ah. Uh, so I'm, I'm turning around real quick. <laughs> that's nah, funny. I'm not going to land the plane on the podcast. I'll just leave it on. I'll do that later. So um, I don't know if you guys have anything more to say regarding the the next-gen consoles, but I kind of wanted to talk more about Fall Guys, too. It's insane. So that, that graphic you showed me, that was 16 million players on, on just PS4? Almost. On just PlayStation. So you, you've got to think that the Steam numbers are probably at least doubled as well. Cause the yeah, PlayStation so they're, they're probably at over 20 million players. They've eclipsed League of Legends as the most-watched game on Twitch. Yeah, the momentum is kind of insane. Like, uh... You know, pre last week we said like Fall Guys can it be like a Fortnite level phenomenon, and it's looking more like it kind of can be, and it's becoming that because like I didn't expect the, the the engagement like the the player count to double uh, in just a week. You know, nah. usually player counts like fall off after a game is out for like a week or so. You know, but like it's just been increasing like crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. And I I, I also wanted to give props to whoever is like managing the social media for Fall Guys. I feel like they're doing exactly what they need to do. Like, oh yeah, I love so they're good. doing the um they're doing a charity thing right now, right? Where uh the company with the greatest uh, donation to and I I forget what it is, but it's something to help disabled gamers, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's at like three hundred thirty thousand is the highest bid right now. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, ironically, a lot of people thought it was going to be brands donating these massive amounts of money, but I think like a couple of people have stepped in and really dominated it more so, which is insane. You know, these brands should really step up. You know, they were all yeah, they were all and, chomping at the bit because they thought it'd be free, and now and, you know. and the reward for whichever brand like donates the most is like a custom costume or whatever, right? Right. Yeah, I think I think that's really cool. I've personally been trying to collect like whenever a legendary costume pops up in my store that's like a reference to another video game, that's like an insta buy for me. Do you if really I have, have the crowns to burn to be doing that? I mean I've only done that twice so far. Like I've only seen two references. One was um Oh right, because you're on PS4, so you you guys probably didn't get the, the TF two scout, did you? No, at least not yet. I don't know okay. if we're going to. We got um Oh gosh, uh, Hotline Miami and um, what else? Uh, uh, I think like a, a like a bullet thing from Enter the Gungeon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I got those two. I'm but, just so attached to my uh, my diver suit. I don't know that I'll ever change that. I really like it. 
And nobody yeah, else so wears it. I don't think I've ever seen that in the store before, but like again, like I didn't play until Yeah, know, it was like after day two it came or out. three. Yeah. So I might have missed that. Yeah. A lot of people did. That's why I wanted it so bad. I was like, you know, how many people are gonna have six crowns today? So I bought it and like now I feel cool because I got my six crowns so quickly. Yeah. So I haven't played for a couple days because I've been extremely busy. But the last time I played, I played for like I sat down and like I I thought I'd just play for like an hour. Or so I was like sitting down for like six or seven hours playing this game. Like I, jeez. It, yeah, it was just like constantly like okay, one more match, one more match, one more match. Like I I couldn't stop. But I did amass ten crowns in one sitting. So I'm pretty wow. Proud. So That's I a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting on a stack of crowns. I still I've gotten every achievement, every trophy in the game, other than the win five games in a row. Still, my max is three. I cannot win more than three in a See, row. Yeah, I think I've only won two in a row. Unfortunate, but I uh, have gotten lots of wins. Yeah, me too. I'm very confident now. Like every time I get to the final round, unless it's Royal Fumble, I'm very confident that I'm going to be the one taking home the crown. Yeah, Royal Fumble could is literally just completely random to me. Like I have no yeah. idea. But Hexagon uh, is almost a guaranteed win. Yeah, for me Hexagon. I feel like I good. win Hexagon nine out of ten times. That's how yeah. how confident I am in Hexagon. And so. and Fall Mountain, uh, less confident than the Hexagon, but still pretty pretty confident in Fall Mountain. Yeah, I found a couple of like shortcuts and stuff that are super helpful, like a couple of physics, you know, idiosyncrasies that help you out. Yeah. So pro tip. So pro tip that I've discovered is that. Uh, on any like downward sloped platforms, if you jump on those, you you gain momentum and don't trip. So I've been doing that quite a bit. Also, um, it, it's a it's a bit of a hail mary, but when the balls hit those uh rotating platforms on Fall Mountain, you can get launched pretty far forward <laughs> by those. Yeah, it's I, risky, I, but I if often you're already that. Losing. But here's the thing: like I feel like I feel like most of the time, like. Eight out of ten times, at least the route I take, the balls fall pretty predictably. Like, I've only seen it, like, fall the other way, like, once or twice. So most of the time, I know which route to take to get propelled by the... And that's the the beautiful thing. Like, I see so many people whining about Fall Guys and saying that it's, like, so much RNG, but, like, it's really not. (laughs) So I, the most whining I see for Fall Guys is regarding team-based games. Yeah, but like I think I read in a Q&A that like the developers are not going to budge on team-based games because it provides uh, casual players a chance to win the game, which I understand. You know, like the hardcore players have the the free-for-all type games, and then the casual players have the team-based games. So like, I did uh, see um, another interesting thing. Um, they they wanted to include a squad mode, like squad playlist, uh, when the game first launched. But they were, um, yeah, they didn't expect this many players, and they didn't want to divide the player base. So I, I think it is extremely likely that we will get a squad-based like queue soon that will have, um, you know, a different pool of mini games. You know, it'll probably have a lot of overlap, but yeah, I mean, like the squad-based games, like. I, I I guess yes it helps if you're in a squad for a team based game but you know like teams are made of like what like ten to twenty people and well the, the idea is that they want to be able to they want your whole squad to be able to win a crown oh I see what you mean 
Okay. So Yeah, that would be neat. Yeah, like your whole squad would get eliminated at once or continue at once. So but would they, they they were saying that they're not sure facilitate that or just like Yeah, that's it? that was the problem in the interview was that uh he was saying, you know, how do we do that? Cuz we don't want it to just be like you know, the obvious naive solution is that, you know, your whole team has to qualify or you all get disqualified. And that's not fun because then you have the one person who you never want to play with because they're not very good. And that's like the antithesis of Fall Guys, you know? Right. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. They're smart guys, though. I have faith that whatever they put out is going to be pretty good. They're, they're, They're smart and very, like, socially savvy, too. Like, I love the little thing they did today where, like, the guy went out, like, obviously it's kind of been a meme, sort of, to, like, hate Yellow Team on the team-based games. And the guy just said, like, I can delete Yellow Team if I want, and I'll do it if you have, if, if you do, like, 100k, or it's sorry, a million. A, a million, I keep getting that number wrong. It's something. at 180k right yeah, now. A million retweets, um, which is just a, a hilarious thing to do, because I, I think, like, if it reaches, which I don't think it will, right, because, like, it's, it's, it's not going to reach a million. Yeah, but if it did, they would just change the color. <laughs> yeah, like, it would just be like purple team or something. Or, something. or like yeah. be, be an even more offensively annoying color like beige or something like that, you know? Yeah, it, it'd be gold team. <laughs> yeah. Gold team. Ugh. So, Mike, uh, have you checked this game out yet or are you still kind of just watching it? Or I've just been watching a lot of it. Yeah. It's fun to watch, isn't it? Haven't you seen, like, the Fall Guys Twitter roasting Tim the Tatman for not getting yeah, what's, a win? Yeah, has he seriously not won a crap? <laughs> I don't think he's won. He's, like, a really lucrative streamer, too. Yeah, I can't imagine being somebody who p- gets paid to play video games all the time. And not winning? Yeah, like, I, I was listening to a podcast I really like called The Besties, which is a, you know, it's like a Game of the Year podcast, except it's weekly. <laughs> Jeez, that's, that's, that's what they call granular. it. They call it the Game of the Year podcast that goes all year long. But they did an episode on Fall Guys, and I don't believe a single one of them had secured a victory yet. And I was, and this was like last week, and I was like, "Wow, guys!" Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, so games I, journalists, I, am I right? I've but, talked to a lot of friends that play this game, right? And like, some of my friends still don't have a win yet, and I don't understand it. Like, I think part of it is just like once the mechanics click, they click. I don't know what it is. Like another part of it, I think, is like some some of my friends are reporting like crazy latency and stuff, which I'm yeah. definitely not seeing on my game on my TV. So I I wonder if it's a combination of those things. I really I know so this I'm not might the only sound one saying that there's or something, an, but I don't feel like it's that hard to get a win in this game. So I'm not the only one saying there's an absurd amount of latency on PS4. No, some of my friends say that too. Okay, uh, it might be friends, like yeah. uh, your mileage may vary situation, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I will say the latency. I got used to it. I have wins on PS4. Yeah, I have you do. like two or yep. three. It's not. It's nowhere near what I have on PC. But you know, uh, what I'm saying is it's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get good. Yeah, so like I really get good. I wonder. Like no, but I I play and design a lot of platformers. I don't have a ton of 3D platformer design experience, but I've played so many. I love that genre, and so like this yeah, is my like, game. If I was yeah, going to be good at a game, this is it. I, I like, think that's kind of a similar situation for me because like 3D platformers is something like the first game I ever played was a 3D platformer. Like 3D pl- platformers have been an, an intris- intrinsic. Was, was the first part game I ever played? 
Super Mario 64. Wow, I can't believe I started on an earlier game than you. I started on Super Mario World. Yeah, I mean, I've said that, like, billions of times on this podcast. Colin. Yeah, I know. I don't pay attention to this, I don't listen to this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, who listens to this podcast? I mean, you don't have to listen to the podcast. You could just listen to me. Yeah, I know. No, I always have to, like, when uh, when our loyal fans message us in our Discord, uh, which you all should, uh, I always have to, like, rack my brain to figure out what they're talking about because they don't always give us a lot of context. <laughs> Yeah, please. Yeah, I would love to have more engagement in the Discord. We had like an insane discussion about Sonic, which quite frankly made me nauseous, but you enjoyed it, I bet. Oh, yeah, I thought it was very good. I actually, um, I'll probably talk about that next week. I found out a game that I really want to play called Spark the Electric Jester. That it's sounds uh, Sonic-y to me. It is absolutely, it's it's crazy. It's like a, uh, it started as, uh, the guy who did it started making Sonic fan games, uh, much like the Freedom Planet guys. Then he went on to make a game called Spark the Electric Jester, which kind of combines Sonic and Kirby in a way that I thought was inspired. And then he went on to make... It's a weird combination. That's the 2D one, yeah. And then he made a 3D one, which looks, you know, people call it a good Sonic Adventure game. And I have to try it. Yeah. I mean, that that sounds cool. But whenever I hear Sonic fan-made game, like, I I shudder. There are a lot of very good Sonic fan-made games. It's actually crazy. I'm sure there are. But I've also like there's I've also Sonic Dream flip collection. side of that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but this this looks very good. I I am not gonna let you sit here and uh you know spit on the name of Spark the Electric <laughs> okay. Jester because everything I've read like people really like this game. I haven't played yeah, it yet. Interesting. But I'm, it's like I don't know. You can get both of them for twenty two bucks on Steam, so I'm probably gonna do that later this week. I'm sure our. Uh, our major Sonic fan in the Discord will be grateful for that knowledge. I hope so. Where were we? Fall Guys. Fall Guys. God, I just... I, have you guys tried the new... Or, yeah, I guess you haven't, Mike, but have you tried the new minigame yet, uh, Amid? Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, Jump Showdown, right? Jump... Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... That it's one's fine. pretty hard, I think. I think yeah. it's it's a little more difficult than some of the other finale games. It's honestly extremely RNG-based. Like... Picking the right side, like you can get. It's all stuck. about positioning, I think. Yeah. Like positioning is is key, even more so than reaction time. I've but only I, played it I once. I don't agree that you can get stuck. I don't you think that's a really. Thing. Because did you know you can jump from platform to platform? Yeah. After they fall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. No. What happened to me when I was playing it, and I I didn't get caught by this, but um, <laughs> there were two platforms on opposite sides. Yeah. And uh, you know. That you just had no idea which one was going to last longer. Yeah, so from my experience, when there's two f- platforms left, the game the, it stops dropping platforms. So well, then, this was, there were three platforms left, but like at the very beginning, like it started splitting in half, and you really oh, just had I see no, what you mean. You had yeah, no so way of knowing which side was going to last out. In that case, I always so I always keep an eye while I'm like while jumping and doing all that stuff. I always keep an eye on like which side has more room and i always want to be on that side right okay see i've so only that, played it once and i i lost oh, really because i got too aggressive and I, yeah. I there were three people left i grabbed one of them to try to throw them and i got knocked off while i was holding yes. on to him and the third so guy I, that is a lesson i learned very early on every time i try to go on the offensive in jump showdown i always die so like and every time someone has tried to grab me, they get knocked off and I win. So like I feel like you just need to be at least for me, I feel like you need to focus on just surviving in jump showdown. And that's the easiest way to win. Okay. And but jump showdown, I think 
from from a mechanics perspective is probably the most interesting out of all the finale minigames. There's is there's so much to it, right? You have to, you know, make sure you're you position yourself so when you jump over the bar, you don't hit the bar above it uh, and get knocked off. Right. And you and also have to keep an eye on on the platforms that are constantly falling and position yourself to be on the area with the most space. And you need to keep an eye on the other players because they might try to mess you up. So there's just a lot going on in Jump Showdown, and I think it's a really good finale. I one have thing, seen at least yeah. one video of somebody who was who picked the wrong platform, Yeah, and they were able to jump on the bar and ride it to the, the platform they wanted. What a legend. Yeah, quite That's the insane. Hail Mary. It was extremely yeah. impressive, but... <laughs> but I did see one thing, and I don't know if they patched it yet, but apparently... <laughs> Uh, someone, someone put like on Twitter or something that like, you can like jump off, but if you like jump off just right, you can hang on to the edge and you've essentially just won the game because nothing can knock you off. Unless that platform drops. Unless that platform drops. But like, if you wait until there's only two platforms left and then hang off the edge then you essentially won. But if yeah. two people do that, the game will like never end. Which well, is that, yeah. Crazy. Which is a fun bug because, you know. The same thing can happen in uh, uh, Royal Fumble if, if whoever has the tail disconnects. You know, the, the game has it's an indie game. It's not polished to a mirror sheen yet. I mean, that being said, I feel like it's pretty polished. You know. Oh yeah. Like, overall, like out of the box, I'm extremely yeah. impressed with what a small team has been able to do with this game. It's insane. Yeah, and kudos other than to- performance on console. Creating the 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 only battle royale I can win, which is pretty neat, I guess. Yeah, I can't say that, but yeah, it is. It's probably the only battle royale I can like casually play. Although it is, there's still not a battle royale I can play like when I'm tired. They're all still so very exactly. Intense. Yeah, like I was, you know. So yesterday I didn't play at all. Like I I I thought about it, but I was just so tired. I was just like I cannot play this game well if I do it today. So like yeah. even even a game as casual as Fall Guys, uh, well, that, that is the nice thing about Fall Guys that I do not care when I lose. Like, oh yeah. If I if I'm not like hard gamer mode, like yeah, it, it absolutely you know, well, it, it, it losing is not as traumatic as it is in like other battle royales. I will say because yeah, you can hop back in and Plus, I don't know. I just so join sometimes, you know. Yeah, just, I join sometimes, and I'm like, you know, I don't really care. Like, hey, I'm not playing to win. I'm playing to play. And there are other times when I'm like, you know, that crown is mine. Get out yeah. of the way. Yeah, it's funny. Like, the last time I played, I was playing... You remember Josh, right, Connor? I do, yes. Yes. yes so I we were Josh and Thomas. Yes. So uh, I was playing with Josh, and the we were both made it to finale, and it was Royal Fumble. And uh, at some point in the middle of the match, I steal the tail from Josh. Oh no! And uh, obviously, like that, you know, didn't like that very much. Yeah, that's but a friendship then, ender. <laughs> but then, you know, the tail got stolen from me, right? And like, the time was virtually out. Like, the timer hit zero. But somehow, miraculously, as the timer hit zero, I got my the tail back and won the game. And then he was just like, "Yeah, dude, I think I'm just gonna get off now." <laughs> like, he was just so <laughs> defeated. <laughs> Which I, I thought was really funny. Oh, but, hold on. Yeah. Update on Fall Guys. Tim the Tapman has gotten a win. Finally. Oh, congrats. Yeah. An hour ago. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, 
Yeah, like, I feel like he's good at games, right? Like, and I know friends that are good at games, like, multiplayer games, like, FPS games and stuff, but aren't as good at Fall Guys. So I feel like it's just a different skill set. Yeah. I I have a couple of friends who I would say overall are far better than me at video games that I just annihilate them at Fall Guys. And I think that the problem is that, like, my perspective of who's good at video games is so skewed by what the typical multiplayer games are. And that's, like, Smash Bros. and first-person shooters. Right. And Fall Guys does not appeal to either of those crowds. Yeah, it's a very different... Yeah, like, like, it's, it's so unique. Like, it's so unique. I didn't even... I wouldn't have even thought like a game like this would be possible if you pitched it to me. No, uh, it, it definitely appeals to my. Um, I spent uh, a couple of weeks trying to get the world record on um, the races in Lake Kingdom in Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I believe I was top 100, uh, or at least very close to it. That's pretty. And cool. then, you know, there were a lot of ties. That game only measures down to the millisecond, and a lot of people were doing those races, but. Um, yeah, I was very high up on the leaderboards in Lake Kingdom because everybody hated it. Uh, that's why I picked it. But yeah, yeah you know, that, that skill set carries over to Fall Guys pretty cleanly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I saw like a Twitch VOD of a Dark Souls speedrunner playing Fall Guys, and he was just doing the craziest stuff. Like, I think he was playing on the Whirly Gig. That's the one with all the windmills, right? Yes. And he was just doing, like, insane maneuvers, like, using momentum and, like, perfectly timing, like, uh, getting through that middle windmill at the end that's, like, impossible to get through and just, like... Uh, yeah, I figured that out. You can do it consistently? Uh, one in three or two in, two out of three times, yeah. That's pretty good. Like, so the way he did it, like, he dove into it, yeah. but, like, didn't dive a long distance, and so ah, really? just sort of got like nudged through it. See, my strat is uh, yeah. you want to be on the very far left and you want to dive and you want to be laying on your belly as you pass under. Yeah, he did something similar to that. So yeah. I, I guess there is a trick to it, yeah. which is cool, because like I thought like it was such a crapshoot whenever I tried to do it. See, what's crazy is the first like day that I played it, I made it through consistent every single time just running and diving. Totally. And I have not made it through since then. I just had such insane luck day one. Yeah. Which is funny. But yeah, like, I'm looking forward to to seeing what they add. You know, like, like they said, they just want to keep adding more and more games. So, like, i eager to see, like, the catalog grow. And, I, like, eager to see if they add more, like, categories of games. You know, like, if if you notice, like, right before a game starts, it tells you, like, the category of the game. And currently, there's only one game under the category of logic, and that's Perfect Match. So I feel like clearly that indicates that there's going to be more logic-based puzzles. Yeah, I mean, there's so the sky's the limit with this game, you know. Like I, I saw people suggesting like a Splatoon sort of thing, almost where you're like running around a board, and it's a Mario Party mini game too, where you like run yeah. along and you change the color of the platforms you touch. And right. like I think there could be a fun one where it's just like a bunch of coins and it's a team game and you want to be on the team that grabs the most coins or like, you know, even like the stuff, the Mario party games where like this fruit falling from the sky and you have a basket or something like all of that just works in fall guys. Yeah. And like, they don't even have to be that good, but like adding a mini game adds so much variety. Absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, all the mini games that are in right now, with the exception of perfect match, I think are very well thought out and very good. But you're not going to get to 100 very quickly like that. And I don't think that it would kill 
a couple of okay games that are still better than Perfect Match, which doesn't take much, would would be welcome, I think. Yeah, Perfect Match, and I think the fact that there's like three tail-based games is kind of a weakness, but other than that, like, so I think even the, the tail-based games, at least you do something. I, I don't understand how Perfect Match is anything other than last place on everybody's tier list, because it's just boring. Yeah. You literally don't do anything for yeah, like two it's, full it's, minutes. It's, bad. it's the only one I would actually call, like, a bad mini game. Yeah, if I could remove one, that'd be the only one I would want to. Like, yeah, it's just boring. Uh, I mean, I get where they're coming from. Like, those logic games are interesting and stuff, but they're they're my least favorite in Mario Party too. Like any of the, like I think a Super Mario Party, there's one where you have to like count a bunch of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, most of the stuff is 3D platforming. I don't want to suddenly have to count. Yeah. Um, yeah. I now I need to buy Fall Guys. Yeah, you probably Convince should. Me. Either buy Fall Guys so or buy dude. a month of PlayStation Plus. You know, if either I, one. If I didn't have to drop a security deposit on an apartment, <laughs> I'd be playing Fall Guys right now. Oh yeah, that's rough. Yeah. But yeah. Anything else to say about Fall Guys? I I actually wasn't expecting to talk this much about Fall Guys again. Yeah, I really haven't it played it much. Sort of happened. I've been like playing I, in the I, past couple days, but before that, I was playing quite a bit. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been back into Sea of Thieves, honestly, which I don't, I don't want to talk about much because I don't have anything to say about it. It's just been what I've been playing. Yeah. So, do you have anything you've been playing that you want to go through? Or uh, yeah, I've been playing. Um, I played a little bit of Spirit Fair yesterday. Uh, it's another that? one of those things. Uh, it's a game that just came out yesterday, I believe. It's on Game Pass, which is why I'm playing it. Because uh, it was one of those things that was kind of a risky purchase, I guess. Like, it's hard to look at it and say whether it's good or not. And I've even played about an hour of it, and I have a hard time saying whether it's good or not. I enjoyed what I played. Um, it's a bit of a 2D platformer. I've read that it turns into a bit of a Metroidvania later. But you, like, sail around, and you're um, basically... You get spirits on your boat, and you're supposed to, like help them move on essentially mm. you you make them happy or whatever or at least make them at peace with the fact that they've died i guess and See, it's like not when, when you dark. say it's a platformer and then you mention boat i'm like having a tough time imagining yeah what the it's, gameplay is like it's very hard to explain um your boat is just kind of like a home base and you can go to your boat and you put in a destination and then you're just stuck on your boat for a little bit while it goes to the destination and while you're doing that, that's typically when you would want to handle your management stuff, which is like you can build a little guest house, you can build a little farm on your boat where you can grow some food that, and then build a kitchen that you're, you can cook a little bit of food for your guests and stuff. And like there's a little bit of management there because you have a finite amount of space on your boat to put all that stuff and you can make your boat bigger and all. And I'm not really sure how integral to the game that's going to be later. But it's neat so far. And like... I don't know, the management, like, the building stuff almost just so far for me just made it feel homier, because I, like, decided what this looks like, so it gave me, like, a sense of, it's mine. Yeah. And that's nice. And, like, the art style is just gorgeous, although I was playing it on my monitor, and uh, sometimes it zooms in a little close. I think the art was meant to be viewed at 1080p, and I'm looking at it in 1440, and so it would zoom in a little close and not look great, but when it's Mm -hmm. at the normal zoom, it looks gorgeous. And, like, you play as this cute kid and her cat, 
and like you run around, you have this big witch's hat looking thing that flops around as you run. It's beautiful and super charming. And all the dialogue See, I'm, is very I'm well getting written. like at least from a visual standpoint, I'm getting Ori vibes. Yeah, from a your little bit. Description. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hand drawn. But it's yeah. so much brighter. Like at no point in this game is it like well no, there was a point that was kind of dark and spooky, but it's very bright. You know, it's not like the like, if you didn't know what it was about, you would not think it's about a bunch of dead spirits and stuff. You would think it was, like, about a girl who lives in a world with talking animals and stuff. Like, it doesn't... Yeah, yeah it's super, like, lighthearted and charming and, like, nice. Although I imagine there are going to be heavier moments later that kind of hinted at it. So, yeah, I, I, if you have Game Pass, I'd recommend you check it out. It's definitely worth the free download. Um, I'm not far enough in to say otherwise yet. But it's fun. Sweet. Again, showing the power of uh, Game Pass here. Yeah, exactly, because it's not, you know, I, it probably would have flown under my radar without Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can go next. I don't really have anything interesting besides Fall Guys, right? Like, I've, that's the only thing I've played when I've been playing video games. And I do want to say again, 10 wins in one sitting. Very proud of that. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, but It was yeah, an eight-hour sitting, though. Yeah, it, it was like six to eight hours. No, I, it was it was a blur. Like I don't remember how long I actually sat down. This, this is gonna sound like gloating, but I keep like winning my first or second game when I sit down to play, and I'm just like, well, do I keep going or do I quit on that high? Like, <laughs> yeah, I I find that quite often too. Like my first couple games go a lot better, and then I just lose a bunch, and then like yeah. I have to struggle to win more. But yeah, like Fall Guys, I don't know. Like still, that's occupying like most of my game playing desires and i feel like a part of that is just because like i get enough wins to feel like i'm almost obligated to play because i don't want to miss like i don't want to miss like the legendary skins and stuff i guess that's a sign that this game's like really gotten under my skin so yeah it definitely has because you don't even like skins in games (laughs) no i don't usually i just so like i i wore the bulletkin skin for a while and i thought like this is cute this is cool but then I switched back to the Hotline Miami skin because I think that one's like definitely like my main. I feel like yeah. it just it's just so good. And then I got I like mean, you the, played through Super Mario Odyssey with the red cap and blue. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like you're you're a freak if you change out of that. Uh, anyway, so um, what was I gonna say? So I actually yeah I didn't I didn't mention this before, but I've maxed out my battle pass. So I'm level forty already. Wow. So, fast. Yeah, I'm, I'm going like, to. Like, I'm out, almost definitely going to, but... Yeah, I'm out of, uh, you know, progression-type things to get, other than just, you know, wins and kudos to spend on skins. Yeah. Which, you know, like, I get, yes, it makes sense. Like, the, uh, I think, like, the season is, like, two or three months or something, but, like, there's still, like... It was only two months. It was 60 days. So. Okay, so there's still, like, 50 days left or something, or... You know, around that much. So it's just going to be quite a while. But, like, that makes sense. Like, I played this game in a normal, abnormal amount. Yeah. They have to give, you know, people who aren't you enough time. Yeah. All right, Mike, what about you? Uh, I'm going to talk about Spyro because I haven't talked about the game yet. Nice. It's, it's like two years old now, though. But, God, I'm so glad they remastered those games. It's been so nice playing through them. That's awesome. Like, oh, except so for Spyro this, one. Spyro one just seems weird. 
Yeah, I, t- I, I keep meaning to go back to the Spyro Collection. Like, I played a huge chunk of one, and I still need to play two and three. I've been slowly working my way through 100%ing one. See, I, I started off reignited by 100%ing three. I'm almost there. I don't like it as much as the originals. That's, that's I know, a hot take, but... But isn't it, like, the same as the originals, it's except the with better game. graphics? Yeah, it's just graphics update. You see, but I don't like the new graphics as much because... That it's harder to find gems now. Yeah, I think we had this discussion before. That's my only beef with it. Other than that, it's a straight upgrade. Like, it's, you know, it's like a flawless upgrade. But it really, really bothers me that the visibility on gems is not as good. I found out eventually that um, I was having some frame rate issues. To, or not frame rate issues. Uh, I was having trouble with some of the jumps, and I found out that that was a frame rate related issue, and it got patched, I believe. That or I installed a mod, I can't remember. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's just some of the gems, like where, where the grass is not a 2D plane anymore, sometimes the gems are kind of hidden in grass, and I think that that's terrible design. But other than that, it's an amazing remake. But that just irks me so much. Yeah, I mean, I was quite impressed with it, but like. I actually never played Spyro as a kid, which is kind of weird that I missed that. Like, I remember seeing commercials and stuff for Spyro, and I was like, this is so cool, and I want this, Crazy but I never... a PlayStation guy and didn't play Spyro. Yeah, I'm a weird That's person. super weird. Yeah, so, like, I, I remember seeing commercials for Spyro all the time, and I was like, I want this so bad, but I just never got it for some reason. I only ever played Spyro 3 as a kid. The, the other thing that bugs me about the remakes versus the old ones is that the old ones, like, the remakes look good, and they're fun and everything, and they capture all of that. But the original Spyro games were a technical marvel, and that's interesting to me as a tech guy. Like, just seeing that in action is cool for me. Like, Spyro pioneered LOD, and that's, like, just a given in any game nowadays. Every game has that, but Spyro did it first. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Spyro, especially Spyro 1, they're good games in their, at their time, and they still hold up. Like, Spyro 1 still fun. Yeah, like, I'm having a blast just running around through levels 100%ing. I think it's like, a super hot take that Spyro 3 is my favorite of the trilogy. I think most people would say Spyro 2. Uh, I liked 3. I also liked 2. I think I ended up getting a glitch that unlocked everything for Spyro 2 for some reason. I huh. had a lot of encounters with playing games where like this save would corrupt in the right way to unlock the entire game for just that one session. Really? That's weird. Uh, I, it happened to me, my sister, or my sister when she was playing Harvest Moon, where she ended up glitching the game and getting every item. That's a very Gabby thing to do. Yeah, I don't know how she did it. Like <laughs> she was playing the game as normal. Or I'd like go to load up. I think it was like Stuart Little for the PlayStation One, and just for this one session, every single level was unlocked. Dude, favorite glitches in games could be a good episode for us. Like. I can't replicate those glitches. I don't know how they happened. The memory yeah. card kind of corrupted itself, but you never know. Back in that gen, things would just randomly break in your favor. Yep. A lot of, a lot of entropy in those games. Yeah. <laughs> Chaos. Like, I went through, and it's like, oh, wait, I've never been to these levels. What? I need to finish Spyro. I need to finish Spyro 1. I got to the Dreamweavers, and I'm just like, uh, I'm going to do a world a day or something like that. Yeah, I found Spyro 1 a little tough to get through. Um, it's mostly because it's repetitive in its nature. Yeah, it's not they like the Spyro 2 and 3 add all this additional stuff that, like, uh, like fluff, essentially, that Spyro 1 just didn't have. 
Spyro one, you go collect all the gems, rescue the dragons, finish level. Go collect gems, rescue dragons, finish level. And there's like five levels of world, and three levels are the same thing, and the fourth one's a speedway level. Yeah, God. And the I, last I one's the a boss. Levels. That's the actually, same thing as the other levels. I had a big problem with the... Actually, no, this isn't just a problem with the remasters. This is Spyro in general. They make me motion sick, and I've never really figured out why. The originals That's, and the remakes. That is weird. Levels. I, I've read that it happens to other people. Yeah, the speedway levels... It Really, any time I was free-flying in uh, Spyro 3, the original would make me motion sick. But the remake, I think it's a motion blur thing. I read about it online a little bit. Uh, the remakes made a lot of people motion sick. Hmm. But the speedway yeah. levels, yeah, like you said, Mike, I, I actually had to stop playing Spyro 3 a couple of times uh, when I was in college because it was making me so sick trying to 100% the speedways. Trying to 100% the speedways. The speedways are hard, too. Like, you yeah. gotta have a route planned out ahead of time. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I don't know how much motion blur factors into what you experienced with Spyro, but I do know that, like, motion blur is, like aggressively being implemented in a lot of games. I turn gen. it off in every game. Yeah. I, I so hate motion blur. I, I think the real question is, when's Naughty Dog going to come through and remaster uh, Jack, Jack and Daxter? Jack and Daxter or I, Insomniac going to remaster the first three Ratchet and Clanks? I don't think they'll do it. I think somebody else will do it, so yeah. they don't give it to somebody else. But so, I really want a Jack and Daxter remastered. Jack and Daxter I loved. I played Jack and Daxter so much growing up, so I would love that too. But the I thing have, is, I Naughty Dog one. would have to throw the rights to another studio because they. I know they're never going to make another Jack and Daxter. Well, game. here's the thing. Sony owns the IP, right? So, like, Sony could just give it to someone. And and I think they did that before, right? Like, there was, like, Jack and Daxter, the new frontier or whatever, and Naughty yeah, Dog I didn't make that. I think they did throw the IP elsewhere. I've been yeah. trying to play through Maybe the first too. Jack and Daxter as an adult, and it just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. I don't Jack really like Collectathons that much, though. Jack 1 still does it for me. Like, I can still play Jack 1 today. Jack 2 is much, much more difficult to get through. I want, like, an original trilogy Jack and Daxter remake and an original trilogy Ratchet and Clank remake. That's all I want with my life. I think I would love Ratchet and Clank. I See, remember they, playing... I mean, some... they remade the first game. They did remake the first game, and the first Ratchet and Clank did need a complete remake because it had a lot of mechanics that were kind of bad and just didn't feel good. Like, I played through it a couple years ago, and it just didn't feel fun to play. But here's the thing. Like, they, they almost, like, remade... kind they, they remade parts of the story, too. Like, they changed, like, Ratchet and Clank's relationship in the remake, like... Because in the original, like they at first they were like at odds with each other, right? But that like really wasn't a thing. In the original, like the characterization of Ratchet was completely different in the first game than it was from the rest of the games. Like they didn't have a clear direction for the character, different voice actor. He was kind of, kind of an awful person <laughs> or an awful Lombax. The mechanics of the first game were weird. It was just like an awkward first game for a series. Because strafing was not something that was recommended, and lock strafing didn't exist. Which made the game actually a lot more difficult than it should have been. I can't remember what it was. The only Ratchet & Clank game I've played a bunch of was like a side game on the PS2 that had split-screen co-op. Uh, Deadlocked? Yes. Deadlocked was a good game. I loved it. It's the only one I've played, and I loved that game. I remember I really wanted the PS3 one, but I didn't have a PS3 at the time. Like the crack in time. Yeah. The games to play are the future series two, three deadlocked. Just ignore it. Just play the remake of one. You don't really need to play one. One was actually see the movie. super difficult. You see the movie or just watch the movie. <laughs> 
But just ignore the original PS2 release and the PS3 re-release of one because it's it didn't age well, and there's way better ways to experience now than just playing the original game. I do yeah, really want to play them. God, is I, it hard? I, I would. I would it. probably buy a remake, like, an, like or a remaster immediately. Yeah, those games are kind of like. I feel like they're pretty timeless. Like, it's just a like good fun with like crazy weapons. Except Ratchet One. Ratchet One's not timeless. Yeah. Right. Uh, have you guys the fact played... that you couldn't take damage was what got me. Have you guys played the Destroy Humans remaster, Annie? I need to. No. I actually, I, I have had the original Destroy Humans for years, and I've just never really gone back and played it. I've never played it, actually. But I saw everybody was enjoying the remaster, and I was like, well, maybe this is the time to bust it out, and like, if I'm having a good time, I'll buy the remaster. It's a good game. And, and I did have a good time, such a good time, in fact, that I thought it would be a waste of money to buy the remaster because I had the original and I've <laughs> yeah. been playing through it. Cause no, it, the remaster is an excuse to just buy the game in HD. Yeah. I Destroy Humans 2 is the one I've actually played, and I have all the nostalgia for. That game is a masterpiece. It is so much better than the first one. Like, just the open world is so much better integrated in Destroy Humans 2, and you actually, like, talk to NPCs and get missions and stuff. Yeah, Destroy like, All Humans 2 was a refinement of the Destroy All Humans formula. Which Destroy All Humans 1 was still a fantastic oh, game. Oh yeah, no, I'm not knocking Destroy All Humans 1. It's I'm playing through it for the first time and having a good time, even though it's such an old game. I think that says a lot. I'm going to show my ignorance here, but I've never played these games before. I, I mean, they weren't big, right? Like, I I played Destroy All Humans 2 as a kid because it had co-op, and, uh, like, and one of my best friends, Brock, had it on his Xbox, original Xbox. And we just had a ton of fun playing that. We pretty much alternated between that and Battlefront 2. Those were our two games that we played. And I'm pretty sure we played through the entire game on co-op. So I actually like got to see the entire game start to finish. And that's pretty rare to do like as a kid playing with your friends, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know a lot of people do that with Halo, but to do that with like just, you know, a game has to be pretty good to warrant that. Yeah. Rest in peace pandemic for what it was worth but they released some good games i even liked uh yeah i don't know how controversial this is but uh big willy unleashed the destroy humans on the wii i thought was pretty fun i I, it was probably better than the first one what else did pandemic studios release and then there was wrath of the furon which i never played oh pandemic studios was also responsible for star wars battlefront one and two so it was just all pandemic Pandemic. Yep, that was, it was all pandemic all the way for me. Wow, what a good studio. They're gone now? Yeah, no, they got uh, shut down in 2009. God, EA. they were masters of game design. EA An- bought... Yeah, another result of the EA massacre. Yeah, EA bought Pandemic in... Two, Bioware and Pandemic in 2008 and then shut down Pandemic. There is to this day not a, a good enough space uh, dogfight game to compete with uh, Battlefront 2, in my opinion. Hopefully, because uh, Pandemic was actually working on Battlefront 3, which looks I know. good. Mm. So wait, did they get shut down? Did they do Wrath of the Furon? No, they did 1 and 2. That explains it. So, oh, they didn't do Big Willy Unleashed either. They didn't do That's Big weird. Willy. Big Willy Unleashed had a lot of the same character. Wrath of the Furon I never played. It was Xbox 360 exclusive, I think. Which is weird. EA bought them. Two years later, they closed it down. And they released three games in that space so who who it's thq making these remasters right THQ, THQ nordic i believe yeah so 
I wonder how they got the license. That's... Uh, it was published by THQ. Destroy Humans one and two were. Oh, okay. So I believe THQ had the license anyway, and Pandemic was just contracted. I I would love for them to make a Destroy Humans two remaster. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think because that's the one that means everything to me. God, we've had a lot of like good games companies just kind of shut themselves down in the EA massacre. I just need the co-op. The co-op was so good. I mean, I remember playing Destroy Humans 2 co-op with my roommate in college because it it held up so well. Bioware's next. Uh, Bioware yeah, is fine. very sad. They haven't made a good game in a long time. Yeah. EA has a bad history of just killing game studios after they milk them dry. Yeah. Hopefully the next Dragon Age is good, but I'm skeptical. And I've heard rumors of a Mass Effect trilogy remaster. Yes, thank God, yes, please, just do like, it. They need to do it, but... I've learned to fall in love with, like, the developer instead of the IP, because, you know, that talent doesn't leave the industry usually. They just end up having to go somewhere else and do... Right. So, like, you know, you gotta really fall in love with the spiritual successor formula. Like, yeah. you know, I miss Castlevania. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've kind of lost loyalty to developers in general and just follow individual people around. Right, yeah. Like, I, it's more or of... Or even oh, just teams, because sometimes it's an entire team. You yeah, know? it's like, oh, is this team behind uh, developing this game? Although, I on that interested. note, I, I, I did some talking to some Halo fans I know, and apparently a lot of 343 are, like, people from Bungie that yeah. worked on Halo, which is weird, because when I look at 343, like, a lot of the criticisms against them are that they don't understand what made Halo good. And I gotta wonder if it's, like, just the writing is so bad. I don't... I mean, here's the thing, like, a game director actually can make or break a game, you know, like... Oh, you yeah. Know, in, in, in a strictly, like... How do I want to say this? In a day-to-day sense, right, they might not matter in terms of, like, okay, the engineers are coding these mechanics or, like, the artists are creating these assets... But, like, for the overall vision of the game, like, if you don't have a good game director, it's not going to be good, even if you have really good talent. So, I feel like, unless that guy stayed... I uh, have no idea. I, yeah. I didn't do enough research into I, it. I know that the person in charge of 343 is actually the corporate vice president of uh, Xbox Game Studios. So, they really didn't work at Bungie's mm. studio, and they just formed 343. But 343 had their hands in... Halo Legends, which was anime, <laughs> and was they like made Halo, Halo Waypoint. Anime? Yeah, they didn't made they Halo make ODST anime. as well. They did not make ODST. Did they did Reach. Made, they did some DLC for Reach. Okay. Yeah, they made the two, the second and third map packs, but they really didn't do anything. See, that's that's really like me talking as an outsider because I don't have a ton of vested interest in Halo. I just hear people yeah. complain about three four three a lot. I mean, Halo four definitely felt different oh, than yeah. Halo three, two, and one. Like it felt off. One it felt say. like a bad attempt to modernize. Yeah, it opinion. felt like they tried to modernize a series that really didn't need modernizing. Yeah. And a, another big problem was like just the story, right? Because like three was the end essentially, the right? End. So, like, and yes, they did, like, a little teaser at the end of 3 for, like, potentially more stuff, but 3 really, like, ended the conflict. So yeah. anything you did after that would just be, like, okay, we're still going, but, like, like the epic conflict ended in 3. 
It'd be like putting a, a game directly after Mass Effect 3 and being like, ah, surprise. Yeah. So Andromeda? Technically, yeah. Andromeda was a pre, it was like a, a spinoff. Yeah. In a different galaxy. Bi- but, Bioware oh. wanted to avoid that whole canon mess, so they just yeeted them into another galaxy. Yeah. I don't know. I'd still like to revisit. Uh, like, I would not be opposed to a Mass Effect 4, honestly. I would not be. If Even if they, like, established a canon, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. I just want, like, a good Mass Effect game. Yes, please. That's all I want. I even, want if it's, even if it's the first three games just thrown onto next-gen consoles, that'd be yeah. enough for me at this point. Just give me a remaster. Give me something that's not, like... I've never played Mass Effect. Yeah, I mean... Just don't do it. You'll be disappointed. I know. No, I, I don't know about... the disappointment. I definitely recommend playing. I I think two is the best one, and I think that one was like a definitely a defining game for me. The last five games of being like a massive franchise, the last five years of being a massive franchise fan, like Mass Effect and Fallout and The Elder Scrolls, has just been a massive disappointment. Yeah. I mean, like, it it has been, but like other franchises have like come up, and no, oh, you're a Battlefield fan. I hope you're ready for a disappointment. What are you talking about with that? Battlefield Five? Battlefield Five. I know a lot of people that really like Battlefield Five before. I know people it. that like it, but EA really just like cut life support off a game that they intended to be a live service, and their Firestorm mode collapsed. Yeah. They. They put a lot of development resources in a mode that lasted a grand total of a week. Yeah, people need to stop cashing in on battle royales in games that are not battle royales. Like, at some point, you got to look at, is this mode going to be a long-lasting mode, and are people going to enjoy it for a while? If yeah. not, then why are we putting development resources into I it? I mean, it's the same thing that happened when multiplayer gaming as a whole became a thing. Like, online multiplayer gaming, like... Like I mentioned before, like so many single-player games had tacked on multiplayer modes, like Mass Effect and Bioshock. I think, I think the most egregious one is Dead Space. Yeah, Dead Space. Like, what? And we're seeing something similar now happen with Battle Royales, where, like, every multiplayer game I mean, Call wants of Duty to shoehorn did, in a right? Battle Royale. Just because the math shows them, they'll make a lot more money. I mean, Call of Duty Warzone is still immensely popular. Like, I believe it's past yeah. Apex. Because I, I don't think I guess it does I it right. Apex exists, man. It is. <laughs> yeah, I Apex. It like all things considered, Apex. Like yeah, it's not as big as it was when it came out, but it still has. It's still a thing, you know. Like, I still think it's one of the better play. battle royales. I just don't. I don't know. I don't I'm like seeing that. I a lot of solo people playing Warzone, and that's a testament to I guess Activision finally figuring out what makes a battle royale battle royale, and yeah. giving people what they wanted. Dice. DICE needs to stick to, like, developing their shooters and making a thriving multiplayer scene and not abandoning a game like Battlefield Five because they stopped patches, like, I believe. Hold on. I'm going to get a direct date. I think they stopped patches, like, a year ago. But that might be uh, 2019, it looks like. Uh, 2020 was their summer update. and Wow. 2019, yeah. They put out their summer update, but I believe they stopped, like, major content. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's uh, too soon. Oh yeah, their last their last like large content update was in June. Their summer update was their last big content update. Where like four was still getting updates up until the release of Battlefield One. 
And the fact that this game launched, uh, what, last year? Or the year before that? When did it launch? I want to say 2018. 2018. Not sure, though. Yeah, it should still, like, Battlefield 4 was still getting support into the launch of Battlefield 1. And Battlefield 1 launched 2016, and before that was Battlefield Hardline, which launched in 2015. <laughs> like, there was two Battlefield games in between when Battlefield 4 stopped their production. Yeah. Battlefield 4 launched 2013, and it was still getting updates until 2016. Like, three years of just constant balances, map launches. Yeah, they were well-known back then for, for yeah. supporting. but Like, their final update was December 15, 2015 with the Legacy Operations, when they remastered a previous map. And Battlefield Hardline came out in 2015, and Battlefield 1, 2016. So, well into, like, three years of release, they were still updating, and Battlefield 5's like, yeah, we're done updating it now. Which is weird. It, I guess that's a, that's proof for how it did. It wasn't doing as well, yeah. yeah. It only sold 7.3 million copies by the end of 2018. Only, you know. But like, you know, for, for, them, for them, it is a disappointment, yeah. For that they, series. They did sell fewer than half the physical copies that Battlefield 1 did. Like, they were... They blamed it... They blamed their focus on a single-player campaign instead of developing a Battle Royale mode. Which <laughs> I don't think is true because Firestorm exploded. Like, God. What a disappointment. So those are the games we've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rant on this next podcast. All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on any podcast service you use. Please click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and chat with us there. Lastly, thank you, Connor and Mike, as always. Yep, and for those curious, the game crashed, not the plane. Oof. And we'll see you next time. Bye.